It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Yes, folks, the shirt I'm wearing is celebrating Easter, so. I like it. I know, I figured you would. Brings out your eyes. Makes you hungry, too, (laughs) don't it? Wish you had a bag of M&M's. Not quite traditional, though. Makes you want to drop out, man. (laughs) Yeah, far out, dude. Hey, this segment is sponsored by John Dillon and the Dillon Law Group. If you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call our attorney, John Dillon. And if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant, call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon, excuse me, specializes in California gun laws. Call him at 760-642-7150. Or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. Hey, folks, tune in to the YouTube live stream at youtube.com slash gunownersradio. You can hit the like button and subscribe button. We would totally, totally appreciate it. That's right. What's and going on this month, Mike? Well, it's the first show of April. April's theme is, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, Rich, we got Rich on the, on the, uh, on the job here on the show, producing and making the show awesome, and... Uh, he uh, keeps us organized by having a, a theme every month. Mm. So we, uh, our theme this month is activism. Arr. Activism. So we're going to talk about activism. We're going to talk to activists. We're going to uh, try to get folks involved. I, you know, I, I think it's important. A lot of people don't stop and think about what exactly activism is. Um, you know, and uh, of course it's got act in the word. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not a spectator sport. You know, you have to actually be doing something. Because yeah, you know what activism isn't? What's that? Sitting on the couch doing nothing. It's not exactly what it isn't. But there's a lot of other things it isn't. It right. isn't sharing a snarky meme on Facebook. Yeah, that's I not... like my sharky memes. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, but the, I hear exactly that's entertainment. What yeah, I know. It's entertaining, saying. but it's not activism. You know, um, reading about a lawsuit, you know, it's mm. interesting, it's informative. Uh, you, you know, Fund the people that are filing lawsuits. Uh, try to be a plaintiff in a lawsuit. Um, you know, do all that that you can. But it's not activism. Mm-mm. You know, activism is doing something uh, that influences public policy. Right. And uh, there are really just a few ways to do that, and, and it all leads to getting the right people elected. And it's with intelligence and peaceful activism. I think so. I think peaceful needs to be in there because we are so you know, on the edge right now when it comes to activism. I mean, you know, people go from one extreme to the other. And there was a time when we could have a conversation, disagree, and possibly come to a solution. Right. Yeah, I, in theory, yeah. <laughs> it used to happen. I, it used I to happen back in the day. And I, and I always like to add effective activism. Yeah. When I talk about, you know, when I talk about San Diego County gun owners and Riverside County gun owners and San Bernardino and Orange County gun owners. And all the rest of them. I like to talk about effective activism because yeah. you can, you can, there is activism that's ineffective. Sure. You know, I, I think, I personally think marches, rallies, protests are 
by and large, completely and totally ineffective. I totally agree. It's just a bunch of people getting together, screaming, yelling, because they've actually gone to them and said, okay, so why are you here? You know, I don't really know. Yeah. It's just a group of people. It's a crowd. And I just want to be part of it, but yet they have no idea. Yeah, and I, you know, I learned that back in the in in the Tea Party days, back mm-hmm. in uh, same thing. That was around two thousand ten, two thousand eight, something like that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'd go to these. I thought, hey, great, you know, they're they're talking about taxes, and you know, let's let's go see what's going on at a Tea Party. And you'd show up, and it was super nice people, and the park was well organized that they were protesting in, and they would clean up afterwards, and they were all, you know, there's people of all walks of life. Yeah. All, you know, all different, you know, men, women, old, you know, young, every skin hue you can think of. Yeah. And then I'd go watch the report on the news, and it was a bunch of angry white supremacists. You know, I'm like, Destroyed the park. I'm like, what are you talking about? There was nothing like that. But, what, you know, and you could sit there and you could be mad at it. And you could let it affect you. And you could, you know, say, well, that, it's just, that just isn't right, you know? Okay, yeah. fine. But, you know, also learn from it. You know, if you realize, you know, the Tea Party movement didn't really do anything uh, to affect public policy until they started getting people elected. Right. Well, look at the look at the uh, the Major League Baseball All-Star game, pulling it out of Atlanta and they haven't even read the bill. Yeah. But yet the media has you know presented it as, oh, you can't drink water. They're going to shut it down at five. And oh, look, it's terrible. It was they total false information. Totally, not only it was it wasn't just the media too. It was Biden was actually saying he's still saying it. it it's unbelievable. By the way, I did see a meme of his today, and I'm just happy to hear he said Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas for today. <laughs> Instead no, of Happy good, Easter. Good you know, it's a, it's interesting that the um, the Washington Post I think gave him uh, four four Pinocchio and four more on that, and and they never do. I mean. Never. They never do that with Democrats. I mean, and especially with Biden. Uh, and you then could, they that'd be a Pinocchio back. farm. You could then do that all day back. long. Then they roll back and hit him again with four more because he did it again. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, people need to wake up to that stuff. That, the activism thing is good because uh, I think with me, the activism snuck up on me because I guess I was an activist for a while before I realized I was an activist. So. <laughs> oh, you know, I was just, uh, well, cause I was thinking, why about do this. you say that? What do you, what do you mean by that? Well, cause the other day, like, uh, and this was just recently, I think uh, <laughs> this occurred to me, but, um, you know, I was, I was teaching during the week and, and the first day we always do introductions. We go around. So I, I tell them a little bit about me and now I add the, the second amendment and the gun stuff, mm-hmm. um, cause it's part of what I do. But, uh, you know, as I'm describing that, I say, well, yeah, I, I guess I'm a Second Amendment activist now, you know, which uh, I hadn't really thought about it in those terms. But, uh, you know, you can thank snuck gun, up. Gun, gun owners radio for that because it, 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 it will do that to you. It'll but make well, you make well, things sneak up show, on you. Yeah. This show brings a lot to the table for people to look at and listen to. It, it, you know what that says right there? It, it's what we've been trying to do with with gun owners radio, with with all the different packs, with the different county packs, with San Diego County gun owners. We have been saying, and what we've been trying to do, and the infrastructure that we're building, the activities that we organize, we make activism easy. Mm-hmm. And Joe, we made it so easy for Joe, <laughs> he, he didn't, didn't even realize right he was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best kind of We activism. just kind of sprinkled it in his coffee and stirred it up and said, boom, you're an activist. Boom, you're well, an activist. And that's what I always <laughs> said, too. Find something you enjoy, you know, getting involved, and find something you like doing and do it. You know, it's like these blog articles, I, you know, I write every week. This is a blast. You know, this is just fun here, and I'm sure. actually accomplishing something. Yeah, you know, well, and, well, uh, and aside from giving up my Sundays, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's that. You're you're exactly right. 
And we can thank Rich for a lot of that because he definitely lays the show out in a way that people go walk away with some good, solid, you know, information that they can use. Yep. Now, before we go to break, I want to introduce, we have in the studio today, Rick Carlson from the uh, Pistol, uh, what's the what's the formal name? I just San know you guys are the Pistol Club. Yeah, get, well, San Diego pull Pistol. that mic over there real close. <laughs> San Diego Police Revolver Club. San Diego Police Revolver Club. So we're going to talk to Rick. He's going to be with us all two hours, um, and we're going to chat with him here. And, of course, we want you to chime in if, if, uh, if we're not being interesting enough. Yeah, you know, chime in and uh, I'm loving it so far. Hey, he came out with the best name for people today. What's that? Nincompoop. Yeah, well, there you go. Oh, br- yeah. I was thinking of Biden when you said that. I would give him a four nincompoops right he off Because he does a Facebook blog or post about what, a couple times a week? Oh, yeah. I try. Or whenever to. you get angry? Yeah, when I get upset, then it's I just, do it. It's just absolutely a hoot. So, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, we're going to have a ton of fun. Yep, we're gonna and we're gonna interview about what's going on with the San Diego Police Department range in it, uh, in the four forty five segments. So, ah, so we're looking forward. To, well, I, you know, we're looking forward to talking to you. We're not looking forward to the news you're about to give us. So, okay. uh, it's unfortunate, yeah. uh, but uh, we're gonna talk all about it and give everybody details and see if there's some activism we can do to to force a positive result. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? That's all the right, nice. We have an amazing show uh, coming up, so make sure you stick around. Go to. Go to YouTube, click on the uh, like button, and and see if you can take a look at it. We're going to be talking Second Amendment advocate, author, and trainer Amy Dillon. And again, Richard Carlson and the San Diego Police Department range, and a whole lot more right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, we are proud to partner with the National Concealed Carry Association as a Ting 10 Ring partner. NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates, offer elite self defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors, and provide rock bottom prices on the best selection of gear and accessories. You can learn a whole lot more. Just go to National Concealed Carry Association.com. All right, Mike, who have you got for a caller? We have a very interesting guest, Amy Dillon, no relation to John Dillon, our favorite attorney out here in San Diego. Um, Amy is, uh, I don't even know where to start, man. She's got so much on her uh, on her bio She's on Gun Freedom Radio. Um, she's a former Marine Corps drill instructor, combat marksmanship instructor. She's a firearms instructor and chief range safety officer, uh, NRA certified. She does all wow. kinds of stuff. Uh, so we wanted to get her on the radio. Like I said, uh, today or this month's theme is activism. So we wanted to get Amy on the on the horn and talk about activism. Amy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. That's awesome. How many? Let me to get everything that you've done onto one resume. I mean, what do you use like font like one or two? I mean, <laughs> you've done so much. <laughs> Thank you. I I have been in the firearms industry for the past ten years, and just to just to shorten it up a bit, I tell everyone I'm 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 an instructor. I'm a writer. I'm a um, competitive shooter and i call myself a second amendment advocate as well and that kind of comes naturally with everything i do Mm -hmm. you kind of have to be if you're a gun owner these days you can't afford to not be an activist activist you 
Yes, you know, that's the message that we really are trying to get across because especially in the last few years, I feel that it's important for every gun owner to really be an advocate for the Second Amendment because otherwise, I mean, it's it's literally an attack on our rights happening right now. And, and we're seeing that with, with all these bills that are introduced, not only in the, uh, you know, on the federal side, but individual states as well. And I know California is, you know, in the fight every day. No, we're, we're good to go out here. It's actually, it's, oh, no, no, no. We're, we're the, fine. We're the very, Everything's great <laughs> very definition of gun freedom. So we're just bored. We thought we'd do a gun state, show. Right? <laughs> now, what do, I, do you <laughs> mind? What's, what state do you actually live in? If you don't mind my asking. No, I don't mind at all. Well, I'm I'm kind of a nomad. Um, I travel a lot, uh, quite frequently for work. I actually am from San Diego. I grew up in North uh, North County, mm. San Diego. Uh, right before I I enlisted in the Marines, I, I was there, and I'm still there a few times a year. So, um, the California gun laws that are you know happening are definitely impact me whenever I'm there. Um, but I I used to reside in South Carolina. Recently moved to Georgia, and I'm splitting time between. Georgia and Texas uh, right now with my fiance, so nice. Uh, I'm kind of all over the place. <laughs> so, you, how long were you in the Marine Corps? I was active duty for 13 years. Wow. wow. What uh, What made you join the Marine Corps? You know, I come from a family that has a long history of naval tradition, U.S. Navy, but I was a rebel and decided to enlist in the Marine Corps and. You know, I, I was I just wanted a challenge. I, I was kind of a rebel when I was a teenager, so I I knew that I had to do something to kind of straighten my life out. And you know, I don't know something called something was just calling to me to the Marine Corps, so I decided to to go for it. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I, I have no regrets about my time well, time in well, service. Joe here in the studio, he was in the Navy. He says the Marine Corps is the Navy. Is that? Oh. <laughs> All hate calls, 1-800-JOE, all hate calls, 1-800-JOE. Not quite the Navy, a subsidiary of the Navy. (laughs) You know, I'll I'll tell you this. My dad, was he was a Navy chief, and he used to tell me that all the time, and my reply back to him was always, well, yes, the Marine Corps is a department of the Navy, but it is the men's department. (laughs) Oh, very good. I like that. I love it. So now is that being in the Marine Corps, is that what what sparked an interest in firearms or did that exist prior? Well, actually, the first time I shot a gun was was in boot camp, learning, you know, learning on the service rifle that we had at the time. Um, So I I knew about firearms. My my dad had firearms in the house and I knew that I knew just from the safety aspect not to touch it. It's not a toy. So I grew up with that with that, uh, those safety rules in my head, but I never actually touched a gun until I joined the Marine Corps. I, I got out and it was, uh, I thought that my path would lead me into law enforcement um, because that's initially what I was going to do when I first got out. Mm-hmm. And then I started working in a gun shop that was hiring at the time just to kind of pass the time. And the, uh, the owner of the gun shop that I was working at said, oh, you're, you're a, a Marine Corps firearms instructor. You should teach concealed carry classes here. You can get certified by the state. So I did that. And I guess from my teaching background in the, in the military, I just really enjoyed it. I, I loved teaching men, women, children um, at the gun shop I was working at. And it kind of evolved into, um, into my career, that, which is now. Um, so you know, what I found in the gun community was a sense of camaraderie and a sense of purpose that I was missing when I was, you know, uh, having just got out of the military. So it um, really, this, this firearms journey that I've started 
was really only within the past 10 years. And, and a lot of it happened after the military. Hmm. So, but you were a drill instructor too, right? Yes, I was. How crazy is that? That's got to be... Okay, <laughs> be careful. She's going to make you drop and give her 20. I know, right? I, I, it's, it's, like, you, it's, you know? it's the craziest job. I mean, you guys are... Oh, that's a great job. Amy, tell them how much fun you had. It was one of the most rewarding, yes. but one of the most challenging times of my life. And just to give you, just to give you an idea, I'm four foot eleven, and at the time <laughs> when I was a drill instructor, I, my my active duty weight was about ninety five to one hundred five pounds. Yeah, but, make, make that, so we're about the same size, you and me. <laughs> oh, please! <laughs> but it, but it definitely, you know, it was just something about. Uh, you know, being the example for, for, for men and women who were twice my size and they, they could see me doing everything. And a lot of them told me afterwards that it was because of my size that kind of drove them. Well, she can do it. I can do uh, it. Wow. And so, yeah, it, it was a very, you know, I wouldn't change, trade that time time for anything. There's nothing, no other job like it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I had a, a client back way back when I was a banker and he was a, a drill instructor and uh, he would, he would tell me about, I, I, you know, cr- I just met, you know, crazy by how intense you guys have to be, you know, for this, this, uh, you know, this, this couple of months, uh, what is it? Is it nine weeks? I feel like I'm, well, for, I feel like, I feel like it's 12 weeks, 12 yeah. weeks. I feel like I'm, a, I'm like John Candy on stripes. What do you guys have like a nine week program here? Lose some weight. And, <laughs> yeah. Do I have so. to wear a uniform? <laughs> All right. So yeah, <laughs> that's 12 weeks. It's 12 weeks. You guys have to be, you know, you're not just doing, you're doing 200% going a million miles an hour for 12 weeks. Day you know, and night. Day the, and night. They the, cannot, cannot let down. They have to keep that mantra up because the minute these yes. recruits, see her weaken or falter they've got her yeah i mean 18 to whatever 25 year olds yeah. I'm, I'm assuming or yeah. you know something like that mainly, right, that's the average age yeah, yeah 18, but mainly 18 19 year olds and their life their future is in your hands and you have to go 200 miles an hour for 12 weeks i mean it's just amazing i don't know how you, i don't know how you do it it's it got cha- it to be the hardest it changed job my life because i was totally confused when i went in the military <laughs> and i'll tell you what if it hadn't been for my di's as hardcore as they were to me, in my face. Well, she'd have to use a ladder, but in my <laughs> face. I mean, it 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 truly straightened me out. And boy, I tell you, I thank the military to this day. Yeah, but you didn't get to see the women though. When I went through boot camp, I was in Orlando, so they trained men and women there. I didn't see any women. And uh-huh. I've I've seen female drill instructors. That that's a salty bunch there. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's calling you salty, Amy. <laughs> Hey, I, I don't, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard those songs when they were marching by. Ah, oh, listen to you. <laughs> yeah. You Navy guys didn't march. What are you talking about? That's all we did. <laughs> so, so what did you, being a drill instructor, what did that, what did you take away from that? What, did, how did that change your life? You know, for, for me, it was the, the leadership aspect of it. You know, being able to get in front of a crowd, even if you were unsure about your, uh, unsure about yourself, um, just having, you know, the no, the no excuses mentality. There's, there's no excuse. I can't be sick today. I can't, I can't call in because if I, if I'm not there, who's, who's training, who's training these recruits. And so, you know, it, I, I have relaxed quite a bit from those days, but, but definitely the, the go getter attitude and the can't quit never, you know, you can't let them see you fail mentality has definitely stuck with me. Sometimes it's, you know, it, it can be cumbersome, but it, hey, I, you Amy. know, I again, I, I love it. Amy, yes. Have you ever been late? Uh, I have been. What? Yeah, I have to say, I have. Oh my! Not, not been. 
I can't. I'm constantly. <laughs> I can never be late. I can never be late. I, I, I have I mean, to be I'm early. Here, I am always, I'm typically always early, but yeah. I, I have to say there have been times I, I have been late. <laughs> yeah. When I got out of the Army, they had to pay me a month and a half vacation because I would never go on vacation because I was that dedicated to do what I was doing. Oh, and, oh yeah. I had three I had three months see, when I got see, out. See, wow. so you and I are yeah. cut from the same cloth. It, do, it does something to you, Mike. I'm telling you, military does something to you. The minute they cut your hair off, you're toast. They're, you're theirs. Right? What's your hey, Amy? What's your what's the what's the best representation of a of a drill instructor? Oh in, my in what movie is the best representation? Well, I think we all know the answer to that. Honestly, uh, Gunny Ermy's representation yeah. is pretty spot on. I mean. There, there was, I heard, you know, with that movie, he actually wasn't supposed to be no. the actor in that role. He was just a consultant. Yep. But he had so many so many corrections to the actor that was supposed to be a DI that the, uh, I guess, their producers or directors said, you know what, just fill the role. So, absolutely, he wasn't he wasn't uh, role-playing. He was he was actually being a drill. He was just well, being himself. What about no time? <laughs> he was just being himself. What yeah. about no time for sergeants with Andy Griffith? <laughs> That drill, oh, sergeant, no. that, that drill sergeant was the best. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'll tell you a real quick story about the So the guy that was supposed to play the uh, the drill instructor, uh -huh. it was uh, the actor was the guy in the helicopter who was shooting the M60. Uh -huh. You remember that scene? Yeah, he was yeah. going, he just got yeah. to Vietnam, and he was saying, you know, how can you shoot women and children? It's easy. You just don't lead them as much. That guy, yeah. he was the guy that was supposed to play the drill instructor. Yeah. And they had to tell him, like, look, man, we found somebody way, way better than so you. So it kind of affected him. I actually ended up – I met that guy because he was – when I back back when I was a banker, he came in to, like, cash a check. He had an account at our, at our place. He's still living on that one scene. His business card is the a still shot of him in the helicopter. Really? Yeah, shooting the M60. Oh, wow. And, I mean, he the guy couldn't walk five feet without telling somebody, hey, I was in this movie. This is me. Check me out. Like, oh, that is so funny. So, we're gonna, so, Amy, we're going to hold you over oh, for yeah. the for the next segment. I want to talk about your the, the podcast that you're a part of. Oh, yeah. And then I want to sure. talk about the Florida Carry event that you guys just had. And then yeah. we want to talk a whole lot more about activism. Yeah, so hang in there, kid. We're going to come back after a quick commercial and continue talking with Amy. Right now, just stay with us. Go to that YouTube page. Click on the like and subscribe button. And we'll be right back right here on Gut Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, Lead Slingers has really been helping out with the show this year. First with the Cover Your Ask Week sponsorship, and now they're sponsoring Magnum Interview with Seth Yawn. Lead Slingers Whiskey is produced by seven combat veterans from the U.S. Army Rangers, U.S. Air Force, TACP, Special Forces, and paratrooper communities. Their love for America and fine whiskey is what the company is all about. So the next time you want to enjoy a sip of good whiskey, ask for Lead Slingers. Continuing from our last segment, Amy Dillon. Before, Welcome back. Before we go, back, oh. before we go to uh, Amy, just wanted to do a shout-out to some of the folks watching us on YouTube. Jimmy Wong, congratulations on your CCW. Yeah. Happy to help. Tell all your friends. And Ghost Hammer. Ghost Hammer says, I'm just 
happening to be doing push-ups right now. See, I, so I think he's, <laughs> he should be. He's reminiscing. So, Amy, I'll tell you what. Could you do me a favor, Amy? Could you uh, could you tell Ghost Hammer to drop and do uh, drop 20. and give you twenty? <laughs> Just you mean you mean in my di voice? There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> drop and give me twenty. There you go. All nice. Right. You heard do it. Ghost Hammer. By the way, we all just jumped out of our chairs. That, I got that really. That really was not. Um, no, it was. I don't know <laughs> if I can give you twenty. I, I have like a ten and a five. No, she has to wear the hat. She has to wear the hat. Has to be crunched down over her nose. Right. And, exactly. And then the growl comes out like it'll <laughs> it'll make you think about it at night. That's, that's, awesome. that's the secret. There it is. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, Amy, you're on a podcast, right? Which podcast are you, are you a part of? Yes, I, um, I'm part of the. I'm a co-host on the Second Amendment Foundation's Polite Society podcast. Nice, Polite Society is. Uh, oh, uh, nice. oh, Rob, right? Rob Morris. Yeah, Rob Morris. He's one of our co-hosts. You know, Paul he Lathrop, Amanda Sepulchre, who I know you you guys had on the show not too long ago. We did. She's awesome. And uh, Rob used to be out. He used to be a San Diegan. He and I used to do all kinds of NRA activism together. Oh wow! Yeah. His uh, very cool. Yeah, very very good guy. If you, I haven't talked to him in a while, so tell him I said hello. So tell us about the podcast. What I what, will. Do, what do people hear when they uh, when they tune into Polite Society? Well, we, we do stream every Monday night on Second Amendment Foundation's Facebook and YouTube page, and it's a, about a. 60 to 90 minute show we typically will have a guest on for about for the first part we'll talk about gun laws and then we'll also talk about uh defensive gun uses that uh, are in the news that week nice so it's a great show yeah we'd love we'd love for your listeners to to join us if, if they if they can we also uh, we record it live monday night and then it gets released that that same week and so you just go on any podcast service and look for polite society right mm-hmm. And the, ref- the yes. reference there is an armed society is a polite society, right? Have you seen Absolutely. her picture? I, I just I just reached out to be her friend on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, okay. That drill instructor, I would do anything she told me to do. Are you kidding? <laughs> she is cute as a little button, let me tell you. Because the ones I had were butt ugly. So I wish I'd have been in the military with you. That's all I can say. All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Anyway, so. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. So, uh, uh, all right. Cool. So, Polite Society, which is really, really awesome. I highly recommend. I remember uh, I met Paul a couple times. Paul was actually, uh, when we started San Diego County Gun Owners, I don't know if you're familiar with San Diego County Gun Owners, but we're a political organization. I am. Oh, good. And we focus just on Second Amendment issues. When we were forming, Paul just happened to be at that meeting with Rob. I remember him vividly and i've been watching his career and i've been watching polite society grow and i guess you guys it it was fairly recently that you guys got connected with second amendment foundation right yeah so we so i've been a a co-host on the show for about two years now but i know they've been around i mean a a lot i mean we're we're almost you know 600 episodes in now nice um but uh, Paul recently joined Second Amendment Foundation as the deputy director of new media, and so they absorbed uh, Polite Society podcast in that in that change. That's so awesome. It's been, you know, the the added exposure has been great, and and of course, Second Amendment Foundation. I've been attending their gun rights policy conference for the past four years now, even though last year was virtual. But um, but they're a great organization. I mean, you want to talk about an organization that's there fighting for for our gun rights definitely G, uh, second amendment foundation is one of the top i agree the uh, second amendment foundation and and uh firearms policy coalition firearms policy coalition mm-hmm. yeah. anybody honestly everybody you know I, I get asked that all the time like hey which which 
which group or groups should I join? I got to tell you, if anyone's doing any kind of work anywhere related to the Second Amendment, join. Stroke, strike them a check. You know, yeah. um, I think they're all doing wonderful, wonderful work. But Second Amendment Foundation and Firearm, Firearms Policy Coalition are definitely head and shoulders. Um, yeah, well, and I don't want to say they're head and another, shoulders, but they're doing great work. <laughs> if I could put in another plug to the sure. organization I also volunteer for, and this is a, this is all women. It's called the DC Project. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you yeah. can find out about us dcproject.info. But I, I am the um, South Carolina uh, director. I'm looking, you know, I'm looking to to uh, a replacement for myself. Um, but anyway, that organization, we, I mean, we go to DC. We talk to our representatives. We're very involved. Um, I spoke. I just actually spoke at the South Carolina House Judicial Committee on the Open Carry Act, which is introduced this year in the state of South Carolina, which we're in South Carolina. We're one of the few states that in the South, a Southeast area that do not have an open carry allowance. And so mm-hmm. I just testified, um, you know, in support of the bill that would allow, allow permit holders to open carry. So, and that's a good, uh, uh, a, uh, opener for the Florida carry event that you guys just had. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I was just at the Florida Carry event, which is another kind of the Florida um, Carry is the Florida State Organization for Gun Rights. They're they're really grassroots, and they just had a speaker event. This was the fourth of annual event they had this year, and I, I was speaking there. Um, you, you know, there there was about I want to say ten to fifteen speakers that were there, just talking about our different perspectives and experiences. I, you know, my speech was about why the Second Amendment was important to me, my family's history with, you know, coming to the United States. And, and then I also spoke about my fiance who has Parkinson's disease and, and our fight in, a, you know, in, in regards to his gun therapy, where, where, that, where, where that's a, a thing for him. So it was, it was a really good event. So very, in, very good, like fellowship and, you know, very good. What was the, what was the goal of the event? Well, the goal was really to really draw in the, the members of Florida Carry into taking on, which is, I guess, the theme of the show tonight, taking on more of an active role as an advocate. And, and you know, and just kind of giving the motivation and, and initiative to, to other people that, hey, your voice is important. And when, when everyone comes together, we really have strength in advocacy. And, and especially with, you know, the administration that's in office now, I, I think it's very important that, you know, gun owners, if you haven't said anything before, been vocal about it, now's the time. I mean, absolutely, now's the time. So, you, you in a in a nutshell, um, your your speech that you gave at the Florida Carry event, why the Second Amendment is important to you and your family history. Um, t- tell us, you know, why is it? Why is the Second Amendment important to you? Well, okay, my family actually grew up in the Philippines, so I'm Filipino American, first generation. My Grand, and this was back in World War II. Um, my grandfather, under you know, in the Philippines, they were being invaded by by the Japanese Imperial Army at the time. My grandfather was fighting for the U.S. because the Philippines didn't have its own military during this time. Uh, while this was going on, the Japanese um, Imperial Army actually invaded my dad's house. My dad was seven years old at the time. And they came in, it literally invaded the house, took it over. Uh, my grandmother with my dad, who was seven, and six of his brothers, they all had to flee the house with the clothes on their backs or whatever. And they hid out in the mountains and, mm. you know, escaped. 
Um, and while they were there, you know, they were getting bombed. I actually had two uncles who, you know, they, they died when they were babies or, you know, little, um, because they, because of the injuries sustained during the bombing. And my, my dad, you know, my grandfather never came back. Um, he was never found after the war. And as soon as my dad in the Navy, he was granted, my family was granted citizenship because of my grandfather's sacrifice. Hmm. And he came right over to the U S my grandmother remained in the Philippines and kind of a sad story because I think she remained there just hoping my grandfather would come back. But um, my grand, my, my dad came over here and, you know, raised us here. And I I was always raised with the United States as, you know, um, he taught, he taught me that why this country was so great. And it's because of the constitution and one of those rights being the second amendment, having the right to bear, to bear arms. You know, it's hard to say whether, a foreign army is going to try, but I don't see that happening because every citizen has the has the right to defend themselves, and and whether it's against a criminal, whether it's against you know a foreign attack, we are the only country in the world that has that right, and I think that that is the forefront, you know, of, of the messaging that I, I at least I want I want to relay, and just being in the military and having had the opportunity to see other countries and how every the rest of the world lives it, it is a very you know it's, it's a very um you know special you know being in this country and, and having those rights having the freedom of speech freedom of religion freedom to freedom of to you know to bear arms it, it's it's very unique that that i think a lot of people forget that the second amendment wasn't written for deer hunting or you know, yeah. it wasn't even it wasn't even written to, to defend against criminals it, it was just that we are a free people we're a free nation yeah you know it drives me crazy when people say hey you don't need a gun in modern day america i mean look we'll we'll never we'll never be you know that and you know they point to some undeveloped country or some corrupt country or something like that uh you know so you don't need a gun well I, I tend to agree that the United States is never going to become that, but it's because we have the Second Amendment, you know. So when, exactly. when we're, we're at a place, uh, you know, uh, politically and culturally, where um, you know we're never going to, uh, you know, need to well, uh, it, do the things that some of these other countries, you know, we'll never have to, you know, worry about some of these things that other corrupt countries are have to worry about. But it's because we have the first and yeah. the second and the third and the exactly. fourth and the fifth amendment. They won't inv- other take it away. And we're going to have to worry about other it. Other countries will not invade the United States as long as the United States carries firearms. That's right. The British tried it and failed miserably. Exactly. So that's what slows a lot of countries down. I mean, because they know if they come after us, we'll have more for them than they have for us. Yeah. Well, and, and really, you know, we have to we have to remember that we we were set up to be our self reliant self we're self governing mm-hmm. we're self governed people we're self reliant we don't need the government we don't need to rely on the police or the government or you know military police state we we have the opportunity yeah. That's right. to, to to be our on our own. So listen and, to listen to Amy on Polite Society podcast. Amy, thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for your service and thank you for what you continue to do for the Second Amendment. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, folks. Hey, stay right there. And after the break, we're talking with Richard Carlson on the Revolver Club being kicked out of the San Diego Police Department range, and they wouldn't even give him back his hat. 
right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170, The Answer. Clean, lube, and protect your guns faster and easier with Seal One. Seal One CLP Plus is an all-in-one solution that cleans, lubricates, and protects your guns. It's also natural, non-toxic, and environmentally friendly. Thank you, Seal One, for sponsoring Cover Your Ass Week and helping to make it an outstanding success. And if you're tired of smelling like a gas station after cleaning your gun, Try Seal One. Pick some up at Gunfighter Tactical or ask for it by name at your local shop. You can clean your guns faster, better with Seal One. And if you use the code GOR25, GOR25, you'll get a 25% discount off your first order on their website at SealOne.com. .net. Why do I say keep saying dot com? I don't know. I don't like either. the sound of it. Yeah. Must be dot net. Dot net. Seal one dot net. All right. So hey, he's not calling in. He's nope. sitting right here. The one and only. Yes, Richard Carlson. So talk to us about what's going on. Give us the background. Um, tell us what what the club is. Talk about the range. Let's start with the club. Can we'll, I go, well, let's start can with I go the, back even further. Yeah, let's yes. talk about Richard okay. Carlson and what he's done here in San Diego. Well, yes. I, I was a police officer for 35 years. Started in 1969. My first police car was a 67 Chevy. Retired <laughs> in 2004. He still has it. Yeah, I still have it. But anyway, we were, uh, you know, when you go back, I, I was actually shooting at that range with my dad when I was 15 years, 16 years old, back in that 60s. Wow. But if we go back further than that, there's a guy named Rodney Peace. Rodney Peace started at the police department as a janitor. He retired from the police department as a sergeant. He actually built himself a house with the stones from that area down there on Federal Boulevard, he got trustees down there. They, those stones that you see that are still there, yeah. the trustees built that. He went to the, uh, what was it, the Pan-Asian Expo or something. Yeah. He got the, the A-frames, and that's how they built the uh, clubhouse. You're, so, you're talking about the range. You can actually see it from the 94 right, is right. the range that we're talking uh, to about. To the north. On 94, 94 and Federal down there. And uh, so this place has been a wonderful place for years. He started out teaching police officers when they rode bicycles. And he set out a course through the thing. He raised three daughters down there in the little house down there. And um, in 1936, the Fenton Sand Company donated the property to the police department. They deeded it, to, no, not to the police department, they deeded it to the Revolver Club, the San Diego Police Revolver Club, which Rodney Peace and a few other guys started. And they all started this thing together. And they wanted to, to standardize the training. Police officers were carrying guns in their pockets. They did have, all that different kinds of stuff. He was standardizing it and teaching them how to shoot. And he was an excellent shot himself and a competitive shooter. Hmm. So what he did, he got them to donate the property we fell on hard times back then with the, uh, you know, the, everything that was going on financially. People were broke and stuff. So they turned it over to this, the city. This is the 30s, right around the Depression? It was during the Depression area, era, and that's why they turned it over. And so um, they got together, and they deeded it to the city for a dollar. 
They told us that the caveat was that when the Fenton Company gave it to this to the Revolver Club, they had to maintain it as a range. If they didn't maintain it as a range, it had to go back to the Fenton com- family. Hmm. It had to be open to the public. It had to be for training police officers, and it had to be tra- for training security officers. Well, when they turned it over to the city for a dollar, the, in the wording, they, did, they, for, they didn't get an attorney or whatever they needed. They did it on trust as a board of directors, and they said it needed to be a range for pistols, revolvers back then, and a twenty-two rifle range. And it had to be maintained at, and it had to be under the same caveat that they were given the property. But they didn't spell it out as, as in detail as they probably should have. They were acting on trust. So for 80 years, there's been a, a cooperative effort between the two organizations. Rodney Peace continued to build things on the range. In the 40s, they put in a, a turning target system mm-hmm. that was used for many years. When I came on the police department in 1969, we were trained on there. Tell you how old it was. We had the bubblegum machines on our cars. They had them up above the range, where they, and they would turn them on at night, and that's how we had to do our night shoots with those <laughs> bubblegum machines. On. Our, our hearing protection back then was 38 casings. Uh-oh. You turn and put them in your ears backwards, and it became an amplifier. So that's why all of us are deaf and wear hearing aids that oh, came geez. on at that time. <laughs> so they've advanced the training over the years. They continued to build the range. We had competitive shooters that shoot in, shoot in the um, world police and fire games. And then we also started a civilian class that became a college class. It was not a, a you know, uh, for units or anything. It not was credited. just a certificated class. Yeah. Hmm. Police officers over the years, uh, John Slough, Jim Singh, some names that people might remember out there, they all were, were teachers. Fred Hoyle were all people who taught the citizens. And at one time, the, the police department even provided the guns for us to train, train civilians so they could be safe in their homes with their own weapons. They knew how to put them on safe, you know, make your guns safe, put it away so somebody didn't get shot with it. We never had accidents there. We, we were having lines as many as we were teaching four nights a week, basic, advanced handgun safety. And we had as many as 45 people and running two lines for four nights during those things. And wow. over the years, it's still continued. We've thousands and thousands of people have gone through the safety training procedures. I, I know a number of people who said they got their, their first lesson at that range. Right. and you, On gun safety. Yeah, and we, even if yeah. we had you come down there and give a, give a talk to the class, so you actually yep. saw the class in yep. action. Oh, yeah. And these people love it. We have a guy that was in the class. He had never fired a gun before. He is now living in Montana, and he is rated number 23 in the world of competitive shooters. Wow. We, had, uh, we paid all the expenses for our teams to go compete in all the events all around. The, they went all over the country. So what's happened? By the way, I want to I want to clarify. You said that it was required that the range uh, be you know maintained as a range for training of police, security, and civilians. That was originally when the revolver club took it. When they they right. didn't put that same wording in when they deeded it to the city for a dollar. Hmm. Um, the buildings now are on the national are on the not the national but the registry of historic places. So some of the buildings do come under that. But uh, so th- so that's a lot of context. So there's a, a really nice range. It's been around for a long time. Off the 94, um, civilians get trained on gun safety. Uh, uh, the, pl- the police department gets the train there. It's been a fantastic relationship. Right now, what's going on? 
Well, all of a sudden they came to us. Uh, um, we got a new uh, group working at the range down there, and they came to us. The first thing that happened, they took the guns away. It said it was an issue that, uh, you know, even though we were there, we were all police officers or retired police officers working with the people. They said that that's too much of a liability for the people to have the guns. Then they told me the classes were canceled. So I went to the uh, the dean at the college and asked, were my classes canceled? They said, no, your classes haven't been canceled. They canceled some at Miramar College, but you're a whole different entity. So they let us start up the classes, but we had no guns to deal with. Hmm. So they systematically, you know, gave us smaller spaces and and cut down on the amount of training that we could do. We had the Navy training there, the Marines training there, Highway Patrol, other agencies. And uh, we had even just obtained a firearms license to, uh, you know, sell firearms on the, on the spot. We didn't, we didn't sell fire. At one time, the Revolver Club did hold a federal firearms license there. They gave it up, but we sold ammunition to the classes. It was only, it had to stay on the range. All the brass stayed on the range once they used the, uh, you know, shot at the class. And then all of a sudden, one day, we were told, you guys are out of here. We came down. There was a lock on the gate. Our place was locked up. They said that you need to start paying rent. We want to sign a contract with you. And we said, we're not signing a contract. We've been here for 80 years with you. We're not, we're not going to do that. And so um, we ended up, it ended up in some legal stuff. We got some attorneys. And uh, because of the wording and what have you, it, it's, it just looks like that uh, it's stagnant and we really don't have place to go. We feel like we're retired officers. We were active officers. And... We were kicked to the curb, and, and they, we don't and know they, why. And they wouldn't let you come in and get all your belongings. And No, I never have got my teaching equipment and uh, that kind of stuff that I used to teach the What do they say with. about that? It's not yours? Well, I haven't even gone down there because I was told if you go there, you're going to be uh, arrested, trespassing. So is it just a rent issue? I mean, what if you came and said, all right, well, how much rent do you need? And let's, let's. Well, they did want us to sign a contract for that, but we, you know, and then they, they went back and forth with it. And then they said, we do plan on having you back because they're doing a big remodel down there. And they said, we do plan on having you back after that. But we've been told since then that, that uh, that's not going to happen. When's the remodel happening? It's kind of going on now. They had $10 million. They have uh, used the funds for other things, and I don't think everything's worked out the way they wanted it to. So, how much do you do? You, did they give you a number? Like, how much rent were they looking to charge? Um, I don't even, I wasn't involved in that part of it. Interesting. Wow. But they basically kicked you out. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, well you know, even right, you know, if you're a retired officer now, you have to bring your own ammunition to requalify. We used to get 50 rounds a month to practice with. So, because we carry, you know, we yeah. carry guns. Sure, We're all sure, reti- sure. retired. We carry a gun, and uh, now they don't even give us ammunition to qualify with. Wow. Well, and, and it's another. I mean, we're under a, a new regime down in, in San Diego, and it, I mean, just I don't know. That's like, a good name for it. Yeah, truly, but I'm, ten years ago, um, you know, the city council, uh, you know, there were there were you know, like Carl DeMaio was on the, the city council, and. Uh, you know, there was the ability to have a conversation. There was the ability to work things out, and there wasn't this push, you know, there's an anti-gun push and mm-hmm. an anti-this and an anti-that push. I mean, this changed practically overnight, right. and it was it – was, uh, the only thing that's going to change it back is activism. You know, we could fire – <laughs> or uh, we could file 100 lawsuits, but – until we get the right people elected down in the San Diego Man. City Council, this can continue. Well, so, we're going to keep talking to Rick. So let's cancel training. I know. Gun safety. safety. That's going to be the answer. 
stick around. The next hour, we'll be talking about Joe's. No, we're not. We're going to be talking about. Let's talk about Joe anyway, but we won't be talking about a blog. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking about Joe. All right, right here on FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. Second hour, faster than you can imagine. This is FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, folks, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and there's no guarantee that the justice system will be on your side. Gun owners should have coverage for the legal battles after your self-defense battle. And while you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off and neither does our coverage. Guess what? Gun Owners Radio listeners, you can get a free t-shirt when you join. Use the promo code GUNOWNERSRADIO at uslawshield.com. And if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit the like button and subscribe button and tell all your friends. All right. We were going to talk to Joe. Yeah, we were, but let's let's continue talking. Yeah. So, what, what's the next step for the the we were, what we were talking well, about? Let's do is, a mini recap. You yeah. know, the fact that the city is basically yep. taking away the the gun range from the San Diego Police uh, Pistol. Well, you, and you know the one weird thing about it, it might sound like I'm being negative with the police department. Now, that's can't be further from the truth. I love all the police officers. I'm I'm a retired police officer. Love my job. Love everything about it. We don't. We have never been able to put a place for blame. The city says it's the police department doing it. The police department says it's the city doing it. Somebody's in there. They're in the mix, yeah. and we can, we can't even defend ourselves. We can't even get in there and say, you know. How come? What's happening? Yeah. So, so the 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 just real quick. So the the gun range, the police gun range off the ninety four, um, the club that meets there and teaches classes and does, and basically maintains it, right? Right. San Diego Police Revolver Club did do. We don't anymore. They basically, you guys got kicked out. Even right. though you had it, we've had an agreement in place for decades. Well, yeah, it's been just a like a handshake agreement for eighty years. Yeah, and they uh, they've kicked you out. They're not sure what the future is like. So. Uh, everyone, I'm sure everyone out there listening right now wants to know, did you hire a lawyer? We did hire a lawyer. We've hired, had uh, two or three different lawyers involved in this thing, and it all seems to boil down to the terminology that was used at the time the deed was transferred. And uh, apparently if they'd have got attorneys involved back then, maybe we'd have a little more of an ironclad uh, uh, you know, operation here that we could back it up with. But it's it's sad because it's, it's that is such a unique situation. Where can you go in San Diego 
to an outdoor range where somebody can teach you on turning targets, where you can get a college um, certificate for going to a nine-week course. And just, you can't do that anywhere. And, and the cost that was involved is minimal compared to what people are paying to go get training else, which I'm not putting that training down because it's great training. And our friends of mine go out and they take that training, even though they're instructors, they've continued their training. But it was a unique situation for the people of San Diego, and it's a shame that it was taken away. Well, you know, all the gun grab groups like to they they realized that uh, you know they keep running into problems with their terminology. So their their latest is that they're all about gun safety. Okay, well, I want to take your gun safety class. You know, <laughs> so show me show me everything that you guys teach about gun safety. Here we actually have somebody who is teaching gun safety. We actually have an organization and a range. You guys have an impeccable safety record. Um, you know, how many people have gone through your class and gained knowledge and and avoided an accident? How many people have gone through your class? and gained knowledge and were able to protect themselves or a, or a loved one? How many people have gone through your class and taught others who were able to, uh, you know, stay safe with a firearm? So here we have an example of actual gun safety being taught, you know, and they're shutting it down. Well, it's no different than co cover your ass. I was blown away when you told me that we were going to give away training to police officers. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean you're going to give away training to police officers? They're, they're, they get trained all the time, but they don't. Not, well, not as not as much as they could, but and this is you know it's crazy. So you know, and we're not even sure who to point a finger at, right? That's that's the confusing part for us. We don't know. We, we didn't do anything wrong. We were just all of a sudden made villains and told to get out. And it's like uh, your parents all of a sudden, you know, telling you. <laughs> Go find another place to live, pal. You're out of here. Well, that's because you're 52 years old. You hadn't <laughs> left yet. <laughs> now, now you're a, you guys are a 501c3. 501c3, yeah. 501c3, and I mean this is going to be expensive, right? Oh yeah, you can. We cannot reproduce what we you know what we had. I mean, we couldn't afford to go buy an indoor range or to well, go. Well, you can't and, even afford a lawyer. Yeah, really, because because the, they have bigger lawyers than you have. Oh, absolutely. They got yeah, they got their city attorneys sure. and whatever you know. So. Well, the city attorney is. I'm actually going to talk about the, well anyway, <laughs> but the city attorney, uh, you know, yeah, she doesn't do anything useful. So you know, I'm sure they're going to spend a lot of time and money, uh, you know, fighting this for for absolutely no for reason. for no reason. And the city attorney is someone who you know is in bed with these uh gun safety folks you know quote unquote gun safety folks mm. and here she is fighting against gun safety well let me tell you something the people that took took our class mm -hmm. <clears throat> school teachers attorneys people who from other agencies who didn't have a specific training came and got, uh, trained with the gun or wanted to feel more comfortable with the gun because we worked on sight alignment, trigger pull, follow through, all the mechanics of shooting and being able to hit the target. We did a uh, one-night deal on the way. I think you were there when we did the thing on the gun laws and all yeah. that. And we tried to stay up on that as much as we could. But our big emphasis was on being safe with that gun and making sure that these people knew once that bullet leaves the barrel, it's not coming back. And people need to realize that. I mean, I'm sure you guys have run into people. They say, oh, I know all about guns. I shot them in the military. Mm -hmm. You get them out there. They forgot everything because they don't do it all the time. I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, as the old saying goes. Absolutely, yeah. I Even myself, I, you know, I'm probably not as good a shot as I was. But when I was training, because I could see what other people were doing wrong, 
bring it back to myself, then I could help them and mm-hmm. teach them what to do. I think for a lot of people, it's different when you when you learn firearms because you have to because you're you know in a job. I think it's different than when you learn firearms because you want to and you're looking to mm-hmm. you know protect yourself or, or be safe. So because yeah. I know what you mean. I've met a lot, I've met a lot of police officers <laughs> and a lot of military who uh, got training. You know, but don't really, it's just, you know, it was, you know, they got a lot of training during those four or eight years or whatever when they were in the military. But they didn't want it. They they probably didn't want it, but it was a, I mean, they got training on all kinds of stuff. This was just one, one of the many things. And I, you know, so you guys were, you know, providing an awesome service, a very fantastic service. So, So where are we at? So we're kind of in limbo right now. We're just kind of waiting. We don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. We don't know if we're done or if, you know. Or if they're maybe maybe going to call us and say, well, we've reconsidered. We want you to start a class at once the remodeling done. But we don't think that's going to happen. Who, who would be the next person you should you could talk to if you're not? I mean, are you working your well, way the attorneys up the ladder? Are, the attorneys are still working, you know, oh, trying okay. to negotiate on it with that and that kind of stuff. And but uh, Well, the verbiage is an easy way out, let's face it. I right. mean, back in the day, I hate to say it, but handshakes actually meant something. Yeah. Your word actually meant something mm-hmm. today it doesn't no we have too many lawyers on yeah. the planet i'm just telling you there's too many so it, it looks grave i mean it really does unless they decide to rewrite you another contract with the correct verbiage and then let you continue on well one of the things that i see from this contract right here is if they don't maintain it as a range then they got a problem Oh, then it has to go back to the family. Then it will no, it has to go to us first. It would have to go to the revolver club, and then we, if we didn't maintain it as a range, then it would go back to the family. So who critiques that? Well, I don't know. This, when we went to get this uh, paperwork from the county, they said it's been sealed. You can't see it. They said, who seals, who seals a county document regarding a deed? They said, well, the city did. So we went to the city. They said, you can't see it. Well, that doesn't sound so abnormal. We ac- we actually got a copy of it eventually. Wow! But it was it's I mean it was a, kind of a shady deal all the way around, and we still feel like we've been slapped around a little bit. Is anybody bit. in this room shocked with that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me uh, there was a lot of ridiculous bureaucracy involved. Huh? Jeez, what a yeah. concept! Ridiculous. All right, folks, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back, and we're going to talk about Joe's seahorse. Cases gear review. Yeah. Right here on yeah. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. P-R-M-I Mortgage, Alpine. Are you in the military looking for help for a VA loan? Well, if you're looking to buy or refi, or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at P-R-M-I Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Give Chris a call at 619-722-1303 or primerez.com slash alpine. All right, Joe Jermixi's got a gear review, and it's called the Seahorse Case. 
It's a pretty uh, cool-looking case there, my friend. That's right. So I keep all my seahorses in this. <laughs> this works great. I'm sure um, Seahorse Protective Cases or Protective Equipment Cases is the, um, the company that makes these. And um, they make a variety of cases. They make, um, you know, this happens to be one of their gun cases. They make cases for all sorts of equipment. Um, they've got their commercial off-the-shelf kind of cases. Um, they make completely customized cases. They do stuff for um, industrial uh, uses. They do stuff for the military, do stuff for commercial. They do stuff for private people like this. So um, what this is, this is an example of their um, one of their gun cases. And um, you can see uh, it's a very nice-looking case, and it's very solid. Um, this is a, uh, they say, crush-proof kind of plastic material. And um, if you look at the latches here, and I've had cases before uh, for different for equipment and things over the years in my career, and uh, these latches are really, really nice. They're, you know, when you pop them open, uh, they're pretty solid. When they lock, they uh, turn this way and now, whoops, this way. And uh, these guys are locked. They're really solid and nice. And it's not a hard locking mechanism. It seemed like it went pretty smooth. No, it's not. It's You can feel a definite click, so you can feel it clicking. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, these are really nice. And I've, like I said, I've had other equipment cases in my engineering life and stuff that were like this. And uh, these are really solid latches. Also, uh, for guns, since we're out here in California, uh, there's molded holes here on the side. I don't know if you could see these, Rich, um, for padlocks. So you could actually lock uh, this with a hard lock on, right. on either side or both sides if right. you like. So when you flip these guys open um, on the inside, this is uh, one of the versions that they have. And uh, this is for this will hold four semi-auto. I was going to say four guns. Four se that's a John Wick box. And, uh, yeah, it's very nice. Um and I've tried different. They say it'll hold guns up to a 1911. Um, it holds all of my Glocks. I tried, uh, and I've got a, a full-size, you know, 34. I've got a 19, which is a compact. Um, I've got a 26, which is a subcompact. All of them fit in here perfectly. Um, my 1911 fit in here. So um, it does hold those. The um, the 22s, like I've got a Browning Buckmark, and um, a Ruger Mark III did not fit because the um, – the barrels are a little bit long. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't hold a revolver, but again, it's not molded for that. You can get these. Um, they've got uh, various kinds of cases. They've got cases that hold two guns, hold four guns. Um, they're molded for different things. Uh, most of the ones I saw on their website, I think, looked like they were for semi-auto. But they'll make whatever you want. So can you buy that box and then have different inserts put in to fit certain weapons you can and what they'll do is uh again they'll they'll customize the inside they'll cut it for whatever guns you want uh they'll do that uh the other thing they sell because this whole thing pulls so we could do this here you want some help here. yeah see this whole yeah so that's what i thought pulls out and um one of the things they have is um again you can get a uh a custom molded case because this is kind of hard closed cell foam here it's not real hard but it's it's firm mm -hmm. um you could also get the pre-cut i don't know if you've seen um foam where it's pre-cut in cubes mm -hmm. and uh you can go in and you pull the cubes out and you make whatever pattern you want um so you can get an insert like that for this kind of case if you'd like um this thing holds um and i had sent some pictures of rich I'd have been able to show it to you today if we didn't live in the kind of society that right. we live in. You'll get us taken so, off air again. Couldn't even show you plastic guns in nope, here. No, can't even do it. But um, I took a couple of pictures of my guns in here with it filled up. I was able to put um, about 450 rounds of um, 9 millimeter boxes in here. Uh, it holds 12 uh, magazines. 
So, uh, so yeah, it's a pretty nice so John Wick. thought that uh, thing out. Yeah, that's a John Wick box if I've so, ever seen one. And, yeah, and if you look on their, their website, Seahorse, uh, I think it's seahorsecases.com. Um, but if you look on uh, Seahorse, I always do it the late. I just type in Seahorse and it comes up. Mm -hmm. But um, if you uh, take a look in there, they've got a variety of cases. They've got different inserts, different things you can do. Um, these are uh, made in America. And, actually, the company is on Broadway in El Cajon. Um, really? I, I thought I'd seen another address somewhere, somewhere else in California. And then when I was on the website this morning, I looked at the contact address, and it was on Broadway in El Cajon. I'll be darned. Which is cool. Um, this particular case went for $127, um, which isn't bad. It's a little, oh. bit, a little bit pricey, a little bit more maybe than some of the Pelican cases and stuff. But this is a solid case. You'll buy this once, and that's it. Um, it's got an unlimited lifetime guarantee to it, so you really do only have to buy it once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked, you can get it directly from their website. Uh, Amazon carried these cases. And like I said, they have a variety of them. They um, have a pretty nice catalog here that's, um, you know, got all their stuff in it. And um, they make cases for specifically for ARs, for rifles, for other equipment. So they could really um, make pretty much anything you need. Is that the only color? No, this particular one comes uh, in black and tan. But again, they will make cases in any color you want. If you want to pay them, they'll they'll whip you know, up a color for you. Some people are into camouflage. Yeah, this particular case, this model, this is the 630, uh, the SE 630. Um, this particular one comes off the shelf in either tan or black. Mm -hmm. um, if you wanted something else, since they do make other ones, they would probably do it for you. They they have a lot of other other colors. Interesting. I'm kind of thinking the t-shirt color over there. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you got the money, they'll do it for I you. I have a sneaky feeling. Do, do they manufacture them, you think, over on the, the – I don't. Alcohol? You know, I didn't because I was surprised to see that because I, I could have sworn I saw a different California address before yeah. when I looked. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that, that that's a manufacturing place there. It says they are manufactured in America, so yeah. they're made here. Um, Interesting. But, yeah, it was good. Like I said, this one holds, you know, 12 of a variety of guns. I mean, semi-auto is how they um, they advertise this one. So, like I said, my 1911 fit in there fine. My little Glock, uh, little Glock 26, I sound like Joe Biden there for a minute. Um, <laughs> my little Glock uh, 26, you know, which is a subcompact, fit in here as well. Yeah. Um, I stuffed a bunch of magazines in, so uh, it works great. Wow. So, very nice. Nice and, handle. Yeah, and it's very solid. So I mean, if if you travel with firearms, especially if you have to fly or something, this is it. I mean, you could you could hear all that latches, mm -hmm. and um, it's just really solid. You can lock the thing. Nobody's gonna break this or smash yeah. this. They could throw it all over the place. The other thing that's nice too is this foam in here. Um, if you take a look at it, it's a closed cell foam, so it's pretty firm. Um, it's a little bit different. Remember we were saying earlier, if you wanted to put the insert in here with the uh, the laser cut kind of cubes. And then you could make your own patterns in mm -hmm. here. That foam's okay. It's a lot cheaper to do it that way. And the problem with that is it'll tend to fall apart. I don't know if you've used that mm. that kind of stuff before. I've got um, a case like that that I keep my uh, my spotting glass in that I got from Michael, actually. You're welcome. Um, <clears throat> it's a wonderful spotting scope. Merry Christmas. But, uh, <laughs> but I had to buy the case. And uh, the, <laughs> ca the case it came with has that kind of foam. And it works fine, but you could see it's kind of fragile. It's... If you used it a lot, it would fall apart. This stuff feels pretty bulletproof. Yeah, it so looks pretty This solid. stuff's not going anywhere. But you got, uh, got four hundred and fifty uh, nine millimeter in there. I did because I, I wanted to see this morning. It's got a nice little box here. Yeah. So I thought, well, how many can I fit in there? So I just grabbed. I had a bunch of fifty round boxes. 
So I just stuffed as many in as I could. I was amazed. Came by, out the four fifty. I was amazed at the uh, the magazines. Yeah, so you and put four and fifty rounds in and loaded mags in there as well. You could. I didn't load them this morning, but they could have easily been yeah. loaded in here. And um, and I filled it with Glock mags. I tried the um, the nineteen eleven mags fit fine in here as well. That would be a good storage for your firearms. You if could, you didn't want to buy a safe, let's say you couldn't, you, you, you no could, room well, because again, you could put a padlock That's on it. That's what I'm saying. The, the downside is somebody can carry it away, but <laughs> aside from that, um, you know, if you wanted to have a secure place, say if you had kids in the house or something, sure. this this would probably work because uh, again, this is really solid. Nobody's going to break through this. No, you no, padlock no. this, and and this is completely secure. Interesting. So yeah, very nice case. Um, you know, I, what else did I want to say about this? I think I pretty much covered all this stuff. Um, like I said, if you look on their website, just also just a variety of stuff. They make these for, um, for like I said, commercial applications. They do it for military applications. They make a specific case for uh, for an AR uh, style type gun. So, so that's one of their uh, off the shelf things. And I understand you have a way to give away one to a listener. We uh, we may because uh, yes, it sounds like we do. Nobody's told me, but uh, says we have a prize giveaway. What are we giving this away? If you, not you, you can't have one. Oh. <laughs> Subscribe to uh, to our email list, and next week we'll pick a winner for a free seahorse case. How cool is that? There what? you go. So yeah. anybody that subscribes to our email list this week, starting right now, this very second, you'll be uh, entered to win a, a case for free. Gunownersradio.com slash subscribe. That's where you go to join our email list right now. Hey, maybe you could be a winner. So very, yeah, that's right. I wonder if I'm on the email list. You can't <laughs> win one. You already have one. All right. But, uh, well, that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Very nice. Yeah. And you got one, Mike? I No. I, well, <laughs> I have uh, I have something similar, but uh, not, not as not cool that, as not this. A, not a seahorse. That, that one is actually uh, pretty bulletproof. Uh, it is. It's pretty sporty. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, it's got a nice look to it. I mean, you could set things just click into place, even the handle. I mean, when you fold the handle back down, it just snaps right in where it's supposed so to be. So it'll stuff into a... So, storage area yeah it will and like i said if you you feel this thing this thing is solid I mean, now you, you gotta call these guys and find out why they call it a seahorse ah could do that maybe we'll do that next week yeah have them call <laughs> in i think that'd be a great idea find out about that yeah i uh, think i will i think i because i was first thing i thought of why would you call it a seahorse you, you, you know you get what you pay for with uh yeah. with these things too I, you know you can I, I've, I've i've been fooled into buying some of the cheap plastic cases and you're never happy. Never happy. Never happy. You yeah. get what yeah. you pay for, man. Well, and you could tell with this. I mean, this is a one-time. You buy this once, and this is going to be good for as long as you're good, I would well, think. Well, pass it down to your <laughs> See, and here's grandkids. a good reason why we in America should start making things again. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. It's going to be a little expensive, more so than what you get from China and Taiwan and what have you. But it's going to last. Name one plastic product you have at home that you got from China that's still in one piece. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, you got me there. Everything <laughs> from garden carts to, you know, vacuum cleaners, it just doesn't last. And I told the wife, I want to I don't mind spending up for something made in the United States because I know it's going to last. And you got a lifetime warranty. Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of my thinking, too. I mean, you know, you could go cheap on it, but then you're going to be buying another one. Guess how many you're going to buy. All right, check out our website, see our Magnum interview by going to gunownersradio.com slash Magnum and check out our latest interview with John Correa. All right, stay tuned. Come right back on FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer.
1170. The answer. Uh, Black Hound Optics. Accurate, affordable, and guaranteed. Sporting optics that go the distance. Backed by customer service that goes that extra mile. You might remember when Joe reviewed some of their scopes. Great guys, great product, and a great company that is making optics affordable. On top of quality optics, they pay close attention to the customer's experience. And did you know their scopes come with mounts? So you don't have to go looking around for one that'll fit your weapon. And we are so excited to have them as an official partner of the show. And for them, or find ask for them at your local gun store, or find them online at blackhoundoptics.com. All uh, right, Mike, who you got next? Well, did you know that there is an election Tuesday? Is there? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, in our brave new world, it seems like we have an election about every uh, couple Three weeks now, <laughs> it seems like. Uh, not a lot of people are talking about this, but there is an election for the assembly that's coming on. Uh, that's coming uh, this Tuesday. There are a number of of bad candidates uh, to choose from, uh, which is always fun. But uh, we have found one that is very very good, and uh, we wanted to talk to him a little bit more. That's and, good. I thought you were gonna have one of the worst. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we, I we have one of the worst ones. Here. And here's one of the, the worst. <laughs> no, no, oh. we rarely have the worst on. So. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, Marco Contreras. Marco, how are you, sir? Hey, Mike. How's it going? I like the intro. Yeah, I was going to say, what a great <laughs> intro, right? Yeah, all right? He's not one of the worst. <laughs> Here's a horrible group of people. Let's That's... introduce you to Mark. No, no, no. <laughs> That's been the best intro so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're brutally well, honest here. I'll tell you Thank that. you for having me. Yes. Love it. So thank talk you. about uh, why are we having this election on Tuesday? What happened that kicked this off? So the assemblywoman in the district, the 79th district, which um, covers Otay Ranch, the east part of Chula Vista, East Lake, Bonita, National City, um, Lemon Grove, La Mesa, a good chunk of San Diego, was Shirley Weber. And she was just recently appointed the Secretary of State. And uh, so that left the vacancy. And there's a number of candidates. I'm one of them. It's five of us. I'm the lone endorsed Republican candidate. Um, and there's four Democrats that I'm running against. And no. the election, yes, is Tuesday. We need everyone to turn out because we could take the seat. We're, we have a really good shot. Not only are you the only endorsed uh, Republican candidate, but you're the only candidate in the race who isn't talking about uh, taking all my guns away, which, uh, <laughs> I mean, it is such a it's, – it's a brutal group, man. I, it, and they're, they're, like, trying to out-horrible each other. Uh, and, and honestly, Marco, everybody I've talked to who's met you, you and I have not met in person – um, but I've done uh, a lot of asking and a lot of listening to to learn more about you. Um, and you are definitely coming off as the adult in the room because the, the ridiculousness coming from your opponents uh, is just mind boggling. What's it like? How is it? How's it been running in this race? Well, uh, first of all, thank you uh, for your kind words. Uh, it's been I mean, this is I'm not a politician. You know, I've been in business for 10 years. Um, so I do have a lot of respect now, uh, having done this for everyone that ever decides to run for office. It's, it's not glamorous. It's not easy, but, uh, but it's, it's been quite the journey. And for me, the reason why I decided to run was because, you know, I'm a person of faith, you know, in the spirit of Easter, I'm a Christian. And I, I felt like there was a calling on my life to run for office. I personally didn't like the way, uh, things were, you know, the, the direction of the country, the state. I think uh, what happened in 2020 was very revealing of the policies that we have in Sacramento with the extreme and harsh lockdowns. You see the trend. It was just like um, 
um, exaggerated and, and, and seeing how the state really is. I feel like before it was just kind of hidden. But when you see that kind of government control, I just thought, you know what, this is the time to, to put up a fight. And we haven't had really a candidate um, really trying to take the seat in the last 10 years. So, um, so here's our shot. It's a special election. We have a really good chance. Is it one and done, or is it top vote getter and that's it, or is there going to be a runoff? So 50% plus one takes the seat. And if not, it's a top, the top two go to a runoff. But here's the numbers. There's 280,000 voters, um, and there's only 47,000 votes that have been submitted. We're expecting 67,000 at the most, and there's 72,000 Republicans in the district. So if we just take half, uh, we take the seat. So that's why if there ever was a shot, we all feel like this is it. So you said you're a business owner. What, what, what business are you in? What do you run? I'm in the international trade uh, business. I own a customs brokerage. I have a license from Homeland Security that allows me to represent importers in the U.S. I also own a trucking company. Um, so, yeah, I've been in it for 10 years, and it's been, you know, it's still going strong and uh, doing really well. All right, Marcos. Mike already knows what I'm going to ask because yeah. I am I'm the naysayer as far as elections go since I personally believe that our presidential election was was stolen. What is your confidence level that this will be an honest and fair and straightforward election? You know, I've asked to, and my team, I mean, we're working super hard. Honestly, feel like it's one of the best campaigns we've had uh, in this type of, uh, of races, the, the assembly. We've raised $180,000 in a little oh. over two months. Uh, some, some candidates raised that in, in two years. We've been really fortunate. So, some some don't is, raise that in two years. Right. <laughs> so that's really good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy though is because um, I have friends that are uh, you know hardcore Democrats and they're when I ask when I ask them hey you know why have you decided to be a Democrat they say well for now I'm just with the people well it's funny they say that because I have four four opponents uh, two of them really feel like they you know have somewhat of a chance uh, one of them has raised about five half a million dollars that we know of and. It, it's very known that most of it has come from Sacramento, uh, from a, a medical association. Uh, it's actually the lobbyists that were having dining with uh, Gavin Newsom um, at that one time. And then the other one is the labor union. Um, and our campaign, though, we have not received one dime from the unions, from any group like that. It's been over just about 300 donors. It's, it's really the party of we the people. It's really a campaign, a grassroots campaign, hundreds of volunteers, hundreds of people giving that are just hungry for change. And we're really, really proud of that. But Marco, what is your confidence level? It'll be an honest election. Okay, yes, to that. So I've asked the team. We've worked super hard, and we feel like it's – they feel pretty confident. Okay. We're actually going to have a group of volunteers observing and uh, and I'm really not concerned about that. Okay. I feel like I feel like it's going to be good. Well, they threw the Republican observers out last time, told them to leave, and then they stayed late and and did their business. And those are my concerns. I mean, I'm a you know I believe in in honest, fair elections. And whenever I hear somebody like you that's more than qualified to lead our 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 city, it just concerns me that the people on the left. If they're going to put whoever they want in there to do their bidding, and California has been notorious for, you know, that type of legislation. So, you know, I don't know what else to say except that, you know, if you become elected, 
Michael know that I finally ch- I'll change my attitude. <laughs> well, yeah, some so part I, of his I, attitude anyway, or part of it anyway, because it it just because they could do these crazy things and get away with it. I mean, for example, I mean, no voter ID. Are you out of your mind? As somebody posted on Facebook, twenty-seven things that you had to do with an ID, and the only thing you didn't have to do with an ID is vote. Right. Yeah, that's really strange. And to me, that's that's never been a new thing because I, grew, I actually I was born here in San Diego, mm-hmm. but I grew up in Tijuana, Mexico until I was 16. And that's always been a thing. In, in fact, it's not it's not just an ID. You have a voter ID. It's just right. a spe- specific type of ID. Without it, you can't vote. So I just don't understand why mm-hmm. uh, they're so against it. In fact, I think it's actually kind of racist to ass- assume that minorities can't you know, figure out how to get an ID and bring an ID to, to vote. So according to the Democrats, they don't, none of the, none of the Hispanics and blacks have ID and we, and they're, and they feel it's discriminatory for, to make them get IDs, which just give them an ID. How hard is it to do? What about those boxes that show up at the end of the day? Well, see, that's my whole point. But if he's got observers that are going to be able to stay through the whole process, then I feel a lot more confident that that this this will work for you. We want you. So and there's we had a really interesting conversation, Marco. Uh, when 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 you and I spoke last week, we we talked a couple times on the phone, and uh, you know, hey, it's Gun Owners Radio. I run San Diego County Gun Owners. We want to talk about the Second Amendment. Um, and philosophically, uh, philosophically, how do you feel about the Second Amendment? Yeah, no, I, I was I was saying I've I've never been the gun type uh, because. You know, growing up, it wasn't really a part of our, you know, our family. Um, but I've always supported the Second Amendment, and I always will, because I understand the the principle behind it. I, I understand the country was founded on freedom, liberty. So I understand that all the uh, our bills and our amendments were there to protect us. And the Second Amendment, I believe, is there to protect us from the potential of a tyrannic government. So it's 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 our way of defending ourselves in case. The government ever goes crazy, so it must. It'll, it should always be there, and, and I'll always support it. And I, I think we have, a, you know, an amazing opportunity here. Here's somebody who uh, understands philosophically the purpose purpose of the Second Amendment. But like many people, I mean, we do these educational shooting socials where we teach adults um, who've never touched mm-hmm. a gun before how to how to shoot. You know, they've gotten to 40, 50 years old, and they've never had the opportunity uh, to shoot a firearm. So what we have is an amazing opportunity with Marco. You know, Marco's saying, hey, look, I don't go to the gun range every Saturday. You know, I don't, I don't get the gun magazines. And, you know, it just, I just haven't been exposed to it. But philosophically, uh, you know, it's an extremely important, uh, you know, belief and, and part of, uh, you, know, you know, my American heritage. So what we need to do is, uh, you know, give you those opportunities. You know, right now you're running a race. So we got to make sure that uh, you're head and shoulders above everybody else. There's not a single other candidate in your race that would come anywhere near that opinion on the Second Amendment. Um, all of them were squawking about, uh, you know, how they basically want to take your guns and they want to take your rights away. Um, so obviously, you know, we're not going to be able to educate you on everything you need to know on guns and uh, you know, the uh, horrible gun laws in California. Now, you and I have already started this conversation and, and, and already talked about, uh, you know, CCWs and the assault weapons ban and the uh, uh, the roster and some of the other things. And we're going to continue that conversation. But, you know, 
Tuesday's the, the day. Right. How can people help you if they want to help you get elected? How can people help you uh, work on your campaign? Um, let me say this, too. I, I'm happy. Hopefully, we went on Tuesday. And I'm always – I'll be more than happy to have a conversation, sit down, and learn more about the issues. I mean that. Uh, but let me say this, though. There was a flyer uh, that was put out, sent out by uh, the California Voter Project, uh, funded by the Democrats, where they just flat out lied. They pretended it was me, my picture, and that, you know, we need new leadership of the Republican Party, Marcos anti-Trump politics. You know, it's time that we change things, hashtag wear a mask, all these things. So it's very important, first of all, that all the listeners know if you got that flyer, that did not come from me. Wow. Okay, number one. Number two, we need you to vote on Tuesday, April 6th, because if we get just half of our party, we will win the race. And it would be such a message, such a shocker to the whole state where people realize or the people in Sacramento realize that, the, that we're hungry for change. So um, also, if, if, uh, if you feel inclined to donate to the campaign right now, we're on the last push sending all of, all of our um, uh, videos via, uh, via Facebook, Instagram, to the voters, encouraging them to get to vote. So they can go to our website, marcocontreras.us, and they can donate, and that'll help us fund the rest of our, our campaign. And by the way, Marcos, when you're just sitting around, you're not doing anything, go to gunownersradio.com. All our shows are up there. You can listen to them all, and you'll be educated in no time at all. Fantastic. Thank you, Marco. Appreciate Thank you, sir. it. Good, Good luck, luck on Tuesday. Good luck. Make me wrong, sir. Make me wrong. All right. Thank you so much, guys. We're going to take a quick break. And, oh, guess who's coming up next? Stop my nephew right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back. Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Hey, our show needs your help. We live in a state where your self-defense rights are quickly eroding. Let us be your voice to help defend and restore the Second Amendment. Help spread the word about the fight. There's two easy things that you can do. One, like and subscribe to the show on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Parlor, the podcast, or whatever way you can listen to the show. Share the show with as many friends as you can. And thanks for tuning in. And remember, together, we will win. All right, Michael, stump your nephew. Every week we have my nephew on, and uh, people send in questions. And if we use your question, then we'll give you a hat or a shirt or whatever your heart desires from our merch collection. And if you stump my nephew, uh, my nephew is 21 years old. He is a uh, gun trivia savant. I don't know if that's the right. I think that's a perfect analogy to this <laughs> kid. <laughs> He's a gun trivia mensch. If Maybe they that's ever funny. did that on, what's that show that, that, that does those kinds of questions? Uh, the uh, Jeopardy? Twilight Jeopardy. Zone. Oh. He would win millions. I think you're right, he would. But anyway, they would never have a gun category. No, he couldn't have a gun show. Yeah, yeah. gun Jeopardy. Rarely <laughs> is he stumped, but if you do somehow stump him, uh, you're going to get a front sight membership. Plus, your hat. Or your uh, shirt, but you're also uh, you're gonna get a, a nice front site membership. I did not realize that, yeah. Russell. Did you realize that? No, I did not realize that. Yeah, there you go. All right, so here's the question. Joe's gonna read the question. Are you there, wait, first off, are you there, are you there Sam? <laughs> yeah. How are you guys? Okay, he's got that one right. He got the first question. Are you there? He got that one right. All Good. Okay. Perfect. All right. 
Go for it, Joe. I got to read. If I knew I was reading out, I had the glasses out. Let's see here. For okay, you ready, Sam? I yeah, guess we, we've established that, haven't we? Okay, so here you go. What firearm features a translucent 50-round magazine that runs horizontally across the top of the firearm and only two steel parts? Oh. And that's from Randy and Poway, by the way. Oh, it is. I'm sorry. I forgot that that's part. Okay. From Randy and Poway. Thank you, Randy. Where'd I be without Dave? Translucent magazine that runs horizontally, only two steel parts. Um, I would have to say the FN P90 and its semi-automatic <laughs> variant, the PS90. Correct! <laughs> that is right. The FN P90, uh, the definitive PDW. What does PDW stand for? Personal defense weapon. The uh, the, the P90 was designed to... <laughs> Dave tell you to ask that? I don't even think that's a real... That's not even a real... I think they just, they just made that up and he still got it right. Well, the... He's not going to correct me. Well, Uncle Mike, technically. The term it, it itself is, is kind of arbitrarily made up sort of for marketing. Yeah. Um, but it, it describes a firearm that is kind of like a very compact submachine gun, but is designed to replace a pistol um, as an issue weapon for people whose primary job isn't to go around um, shooting guns. So, like, um, I, I'm starting to think that you might be Randy from Poway because you're pretty much reading this. <laughs> I know it's almost verbatim, dude. Are you uh, okay? So the what what uh, what what caliber does it shoot? Uh, Five point seven by twenty eight. That's right. And can penetrate. What color is it? <laughs> Black, of course. Dang. Well, that's okay. awesome, man. Well, you saved me a uh, membership. Yeah, you could you could give those away all day long. I know it's the kid. same. It's I have the same dusty old membership, <laughs> just gathering. Well, that's yeah. awesome, man. Have you ever shot one before? Um, no, I have not. They kind of look like I think they kind of look like staplers. They kind of look like, you know, yeah. especially with that uh, the magazine on top. It looks like a you know that's where you load the staples. How, how reliable is it? That's um, a better question than. I, uh, like I I haven't talked to a lot of people who have said they had issues with theirs. I mean, it's it's simple blowback that you've just uh, – the bolt is just a chunk of steel that slides back and forth on a spring. So there's not a whole lot that can go wrong. Got it. Is that on our roster? Uh, you, can no. get, you can get a version of it here. It's uh, it's You can get a version of it here. You can, can really? Gosh. Yeah. They make those 30 years ago. Wow. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also – well, it's a, it's a rifle. So it's ah, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's classified to, as yeah. a rifle. Yeah, you got to get it. Uh, uh, you got to get it uh, Californianized. Neutered. Yeah, neutered. <laughs> yeah. It says here it's lightweight, completely ambi, and the cases are ejected downwards. Which, of course, if your cases are ejected down, it's another way. It's it's an ambi rifle, right? Because you don't have it flying in your face if you're a lefty. Yeah. Exactly. So um, the the idea is that these would be issued to people like uh, vehicle drivers and and radio operators and so forth in um in a military unit and it, it wouldn't necessarily be worthwhile to teach all these people um various different ways of shooting uh like if if they happen to be left-handed um you just want them to be able to shoot the way that's most natural for them and not waste a lot of time trying to uh train them to shoot from their non-dominant side um, because that, that's not really their primary job so it's supposed to be very user-friendly it's compact it's short enough that it can fit across um, uh, across a grown man's torso, so it, uh, <laughs> it it's handy in tight spaces. Of course, not the uh, not the 16-inch barreled PS90s that we have to buy, but in in some states, in most states, you can you can do a Form One and uh, SBR it. There you go. 
short barrel rifle. Okay. Sorry, Randy. So so listen, that's not the right word, savant, because that would indicate, I think that would mean, if you were a gun trivia savant, that would mean that's the only thing you're really, really good at, right? As long as you leave the idiot part off. Well, savant syndrome specifically um, is is, is a term that refers to (laughs) some kind of autism spectrum disorder. um, I love it. Specific. Uh, oh my goodness! So, I, <laughs> so, so Mench was probably a better yeah Mench yeah. All right, Sam, All right. you're the best. I swear, you're me. You are the best thing of this two hours show. I swear <laughs> to God, you are. You're amazing. Hey, well, hey man, how's everything going back there? Good. Um, as well as can be expected, yeah. of course. Uh, firearm supply is in the toilet. Ammo prices are through the roof. Uh, there's not much anyone can do about it. We just have to sort of live with it um, and and hope it doesn't get any worse. Word on the street is ammo supplies aren't supposed to start getting back to normal for um, at, at least through the end of the year. All right. Well, hey, keep that keep that shop nice and clean because I'm sure you're waxing the cabinets and cleaning the floor. Yeah, exactly. All right. Good job, Sam. Thanks, awesome. Buddy. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. All right. Next, it's time for... Our weekly mic drop. Mic drop. This week's mic drop is part one of a two-parter. I've never done a two-part mic drop before, but a birdie told me that the Union Tribune is about to publish an op-ed by San Diego City Attorney Mara Elliott, who we were talking a little bit about earlier uh, on the show. Her op-ed is in support of Biden's gun control agenda. No surprise. So the part two is going to be after we get to actually read it. We've known Mara Elliott for a while. Keep in mind, Mara is the, is the city of San Diego's lawyer, which means her job is to give legal advice to the city, city council. Uh, they are her clients. She's elected, and she does have the ability to prosecute some misdemeanors. But truly, she kind of thinks she's the district attorney. Uh, at least that's how she acts. I frankly do not know... Uh, how she has any time to do the job she was actually elected to do for city council with all the legal crusades that she goes on that are way outside of the scope of her job duties. One of those crusades is being anti-gun. Mara proudly supports gun violence restraining orders, so much so that she has executed more of them than anyone in California. She even wrote a national op-ed bragging about how much she abuses her power when it comes to gun violence restraining orders, and she encourages other elected across the country to abuse their power too. For those who do not know, Mara Elliott's gun violence restraining orders take guns away from people before they are convicted of a crime, and then, no matter if they are convicted of a crime or not, the person has to pay a bunch of money and go to court to get their guns back. I met with Mara to ask her the purpose of gun violence restraining orders a few years ago. Every law enforcement officer I spoke with said that they didn't see a need for gun violence restraining orders. Every example she gave of gun violence restraining orders in her op-ed were examples of people breaking one or two uh, gun laws, and so a gun, or laws in general, violent laws, uh, so a gun violence restraining order wasn't necessary. My exact question to her was, if they are breaking laws, law enforcement can already take away guns, and if they are not breaking the law, why are we taking away guns? She was a deer in headlights. She had no answer. She hadn't even considered the question, and why? Because the point of her crap isn't safety, it's to take away guns. Since she started gun grabbing, I've had heard uh, stories about guns being taken from women who their soon-to-be ex lied, made threats to them, so they took their guns away. And when the husband admitted he was lying, the city attorney threatened to charge him um, so that he can't recant his statement. 
So stories about this and gun launch restraining orders, uh, you know, over memes on Facebook, it goes on and on and on. Finally, during our meeting, a staffer of Mars said that a gun violence restraining order prevents someone who is out on p- parole from buying a gun to replace one that's been confiscated. I corrected him and pointed out that it stopped a person from legally buying a gun, not illegally, you know, the way criminals get their guns illegally. And I asked if they had uh, any examples of, of this ever happening. Of course, they didn't. So her lies, her political ambition to move up to higher office, and her blind allegiance to anti-gun special interest groups make Mara Elliott a dangerous elected official, more dangerous than most. She's an example of someone who should be nowhere near power. Uh, So let's make sure that when she runs again and runs for higher office that we give her the consequences of having to find a new job. That's your mic drop. Mic drop. All right, folks, if you're listening on YouTube or the podcast, smash the like button and subscribe button. Share the show with all your friends, and please support our great sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners, U.S. Law Shield, the Dillon Law Group, Seal One, PRMI Mortgage, Blackhound Optics, and National Concealed Carry Association. Thanks to Joe, Mike, and Sam, my nephew, your nephew, oh, sorry, and uh, uh, Brendan Thomas right here. And go to gunownersradio.com for podcasts and latest information. This is FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.